Hello and welcome to season two of Anime Attaché. We are a part of the Fundamentals Network, and this is an introduction show to all things anime. We are diving into the finale quotation marks of Cowboy Bebop in the sense that it's like the finale of season one, if there was a season one. Um, I'm yeah. your host, B Zelda, <laughs> they them, and uh, I have so many questions. I'm joined by my student with the most perfect attendance record, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, I'm Steven, he, him, and I also have so many questions yeah. <laughs> about, wow, what, what a what a trip this was. What is it? Jupiter Jazz Part 1. Jupiter Jazz. So we know from experience that the part episodes, like that's when we're actually getting like Spike backstory mm -hmm. or like the really, really in-depth backstory. Um, yeah. Which I live for. But this left me with like a sense of melancholy and confusion. Um, yeah, no, totally. It it well, uh, should I uh, let, I'll do the recap yeah. and then we can we can talk more about it. But um so it starts with a shot of this um oh, I'm I'm not even sure the right way to say this. Uh poorly poorly represented uh, uh -huh. Native American medicine man. It was very caricature-y. Um so on that side of things not awesome, mm -hmm. but He's talking to like a child or something and, and mentions about this like fallen warrior and is very, very kind of cryptic, which is basically this whole episode is crypt cryptic. Um, and then it cuts right to Vicious, um, who is um, in front of, uh, I think it's the the Red Dragon or is the name of this criminal organization. Yeah, I believe so. Like these three old dudes, yeah. not only do they look timeless in the sense yeah. that they're very old, but they have like all the power. Yeah, they remind me, I don't know if you're familiar with the Warhammer world but they remind me of slods which are these like frog people that just sit on these pillars that hover um nice. so, so yeah same energy yeah yeah <laughs> and uh vicious is kind of talking about a drug deal that he wants to do and it seems like the these head honcho dudes are not super into it and then one one kind of turns the tables and says yeah do it but you have to take this guy lynn with you have we met lynn before no i don't think so <laughs> I, I i have no memories okay but this drug deal is a deal for Red Eye, which this is the first time I feel like I've been able to do this, which is referenced in the first episode. So we're finally tying it together. Yeah. Amazing. And then uh, and then it flashes to uh, the the ship with uh, Spike and Jet. Uh, Jet's fixing something. There's a bunch of trash floating around and everything. Uh, Spike walks in and he says, we've got a problem. And then tosses this letter that Faye wrote to both of them, uh, basically saying, like, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> Don't come looking for me. I couldn't say goodbye to you in person because that would be too hard. Yeah. And and Spike just doesn't care. Um, like, like good riddance. Yeah, good riddance. And and Jet's like, well, she also took took emptied our safe. So Jet really wants to find her. Yeah. Um, which they all they they all seem to want to get their their money back. Well, and then um, so. In order to kind of find her, they rely on Edward to utilize, like, their computer yeah. skills. And Which, it just looks like Edward's banging around a, a banana into, like, an apple and yeah, an orange. Yeah, it's amazing. Edward's <laughs> amazing. Singing this little song in Japanese, which is kind of yeah. funny. Um, that was a fun little thing. Uh, and then and then Edward says, like, oh, there's something about a code name Julia. And Spike just, like, loses, loses it. Grabs it. his jacket and is like, I'm out. And he and Jet get into a big argument. It hurt my feelings. Like my yeah, feelings no. Hurt. Spike Spike was an ass. He was like, mean. And it and it was and it was very like he meant to be mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
And but I think the part that was so interesting to me was like at the end, Jet's like, I don't understand you. And then it cuts to like the cockpit closing over over Spike. And he's like, I, I don't understand either. Like, yeah. He doesn't like, know why he's doing this. Going but, after Julia. And if everybody yeah. remembers, Julia from season or from episode five, five, five um, yeah. Julia was originally Spike's girlfriend. Um, when he was partnering with Vicious. And then there yeah. are some unknown details that we kind of get like shots mm. of like her sleeping in the same bed as Vicious. And then we know yeah. him and Vicious had a falling out, presumably over this woman, Julia. So like, yeah. I just, I hated that Spike's like, I'm going to go find my woman. You find your woman. Like, yeah. no. Yeah, no, he's just, and, and, and the other thing is like, this is literally just a code name. This is a random code yeah. name. Um, so it's like, Whatever, Spike. <laughs> this is a bad choice, Spike. And then it does kind of one of the classic shots that they do, where they're showing this new place that they're that the viewers haven't seen before. Um, and this, it's the it's Callisto, which I think is one of Jupiter's moons. Yeah, I really um, enjoyed that because we know Jupiter's cold as shit, mm-hmm. and everybody mm-hmm. there is for reason. Yeah, and um, and the this place is just a wreck. Um, there's trash everywhere. Everybody is looks <laughs> they look like trash they're selling trash yeah they're wearing trash just, everyone's having a bad a bad existence <laughs> um <laughs> also really quickly ein or ein um uh ed comments oh, ed- yeah there are no women on callisto yeah and then like she proceeds to cackle and i laughed at that too because i'm like haha yeah. what a funny joke it's yeah. not a joke yeah no there's no women there which is a very unaddressed thing completely <laughs> completely um, so so that's a that's that's the thing um Faye's in a bar drinking and smoking looking sad just kind of showing her in her like running that she's actually running away like more because of like the i think it's the lesson that she learned in that last episode that we did where it was um like yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it had to do with like don't trust don't trust anybody. There it is, yeah. Like, yeah. Um and then uh Spike's looking for this Julia in a junkyard with a guy just smashing stuff with a giant hammer. What the like, biggest mallet? Like, like, Smash, like, there goes the keyboard. It's like it's like one of those freaking um like at a at a fair, like yeah. when you're doing the like how strong are you mallets. Um and they're just having this casual conversation about how this guy's had no luck with women, doesn't know of any, uh thinks there's thinks there's a woman named Julia in front of some does he say the bar that they're looking for, the blue crow? I don't remember. I don't recall that part, yeah. Um, I just laughed at Julia. You should have yeah, started yeah. with Julia. <laughs> yeah. And then and then he smashes another thing and Spike's gone already. Once he has once he has a lead, he's gone. Um and Spike is looking for Julia and finds out it's actually Julius, who is a dude in drag. Um, which we'll we can talk about this later, but lots of lots of very, very ahead of its time representation in this episode. Yes. A lot. Yes. Um, I, we will touch on how they're represented, but that we'll get into that in yeah. a moment. Yes. Yes. Um <laughs> And uh, so, no luck for Spike. Uh, flashes back. Faye has a cold and meets this this sexy jazz player, um, Mister Saxophone. Sa- yeah, Mister Saxophone, <laughs> who says who says take care instead of bless you. Yeah, uh, weird. When sneezing, uh, and says something about like being a fairy and there's no women. He, he's not interested in women. 
So Spike keeps looking for someone named Gren, which is another name he he found. Drops this name to some some rando, completely like, <laughs> random in like, a alleyway next yeah. to some other randoms wearing masks, like hovering, holding their hands over like a dumpster fire. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm questioning Jet's sleuthing skills right now, but uh, Jet or Spike's sleuthing skills or Spike's okay. Spike's excuse me, they're both yeah, questionable no, in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Spike's, and then. This this guy is like, no, I haven't seen Grant. And then Spike walks away and very, very um, predictably, he nods to this group of people uh, to follow to follow Spike. Um, and they follow him very poorly. Yes. <laughs> completely open. Nobody tried to hide yeah. behind anything. They just no. followed him. And then so Spike like looks like he's trying to run away, but really just runs into an alley to like try to fight them. And then this guy says like, like, are you vicious? Mm-hmm. That and that sets him off. Yeah, we if we thought Spike was already set off like this, he like punches this big metal tube and dents it, and then just just kicks the ever living shit out of all of them in 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 a kind of embarrassing way for the fact that it was like one on twenty. They all had <laughs> weapons too. All these mismatched like uh, a crowbar with like a wire that was like wrapped around it or just like a a, a baseball bat with like a nail on the end yeah so that happens and then uh spike like questions this this leader about vicious and and the deal and stuff like that um and it cuts to jet who's in this this bar orders (laughs) orders a a cowboy which i which i guess is code for bounty hunters is what it seems like because the the bartender's like oh we don't have them here and he's like, no, I want, I want an alcohol. Give me an alcohol. But also, he came, <laughs> he's like, no, no, I wanted a cowboy to drink, like, some milk and whiskey. Yeah. Who? <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of choices with with things that are consumed in this show that I I disagree with on a moral level. On a like, Wait till we get to phase drink. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is this is getting into some weird drink ethics that I'm not <laughs> I'm not supportive of. <laughs> So then there's the, the the bounty hunter show goes on and Gren obviously is on the show for double the money because he just broke out of jail and Jet like starts to call Spike and then puts it back and it's very sad. Broke my heart. Yeah, it's Jet Jet deserves better. He um, does. He deserves much better. And and then uh the <laughs> The bartender like leans over to Jet. This is one of my favorite parts, and he's like, he's like, I have a bounty too on on myself. Like he's he's implying that Jet also is running from something mm-hmm. from a bounty, and Jet is like takes a second to process it, and just like great animation of like the the like what <laughs> the <laughs> so defeat good. was palpable. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, then Faye is in an alleyway, literally looking. She says she's like she wants to be followed by the men on this planet to beat them up so she can get frustration out. Uh, she finds them. She puts her gloves on to protect her nails because everyone knows that a pair of, of nice little cotton gloves will protect your fingernails <laughs> from from fight, fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Sax guy saves her in quotes because she wanted to be there. Um, and as they're running away, she <laughs> it does this shot where it's like she looks at him and he's beautiful. So. <laughs> What so of course she follows. <laughs> yeah. So so what other choice did you have? <laughs> it's not abduction um, if you're voluntary. Exactly. Exactly. So then there's like this scene in in uh, Gren's apartment, Sax guy's apartment, and 
he makes her vodka with hot water. It's the worst. The so, worst. Also, I'm positive they pour the hot water first, and then they added the vodka, so it's just, like, sitting on top. I, no. It's I'm, an atrocity. It's, no, it's really, it's not okay. It's, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you do, add us and we'll talk. Yeah, yeah, we we can have a discussion. <laughs> um, Faye kind of talks about how she doesn't need a connection to anybody. And this dude acts sort of like a counselor and was like, you're just running away. And um, then there's some really weird sexual tension after she sneezes, mm-hmm. after Faye sneezes again, about looking at him in a shower and stuff. And so he goes and takes a shower. And she sees a picture of Vicious, like just very subtly on the wall. Uh, and she starts to take action, and it cuts. To well, the phone rings, and it oh, is vicious yeah. on the voicemail with mm-hmm. some code words. There were three yeah. of them, and a lot of wulongs involved. A lot of wulongs, and then and then it cuts to Spike, who has found vicious, and walks out. What was the line he said? I think I wrote it down. Have, have you been seeing Julia behind my back? Yeah, is the first thing he says, uh, and then some some tense. Uh, antagonist protagonist conversation and then lynn jumps in the middle and spike says something like um like you've grown up lynn or something like that so there's very much yeah so there's very clearly a connection oh and and vicious says he doesn't work for you anymore yeah um and then spike pulls his gun out vicious is about to pull his sword out lynn steps in front and pulls a gun out on spike uh and then it cuts back to Faye, um who has pulled her gun out and is not not really peeping toming it, but going to like. I, I'm I'm not really what, sure what her plan was. But right though, I keep running that scenario through my head. Like you burst into somebody's bathroom with a gun and you pull apart, you pull out the the shower curtain. Then what? You know, like, you really could have yeah, waited two more minutes like, for like them to go to the bath or go to their bedroom and put on some clothes. Yeah, or at least wrap a towel up. I, yeah. there's, there's a lot of options, um, but. Pulls the shower out, uh, and we find out that that um, what was the Gren? Gren um, has has breasts and a dick, and and that really throws Faye off. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, "What are you?" And he, and they say, "I'm both and neither at the same time." And then it cuts back away from um, from that scene to Spike. There's a gunshot, and it kind of like goes black, looking into looking into the sky where it's snowing um and vicious and lynn walk away and it shows spike just laying in the snow and that's where we're that's where that episode ends so much happened and it was like i almost want to be like oh it felt like a nice slow paced episode but we covered so much in those 20 minutes yeah (sighs) i don't even know where to begin no i don't need it was very noir i will say that like yeah like it was very much this like there's always that like sad jazz in the background. No, but nothing's going well for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's dark for everybody. There's no, um, I don't know. It's kind of reminding me of what we talked talked to with when Chris was was joining us about how like this is a show you can, you you can't really binge it because it's a lot and you have to do so. You might have to do mm-hmm. some self care and stuff like that because this is like it's heavy. 
And the way, like, for me, the noir aspect that really gets to me, it's not even the scenes where things are happening. It's right after we've had a tense moment. We get a cut to, like, uh, the the landscape of the city of Callisto. We get a shot of the city with, like, the snow falling down. And, like, in the corner, there's, like, some folks without, a, without homes who are huddled uh, over, like, another garbage can that's on fire. It's all of these, like, desolate, destitute but also somehow beautiful shots that we got yeah. all throughout this episode that really, really set the scene along with like that that mm-hmm. smooth saxophone that we got. Yeah, yeah, and it was, and it wasn't like I feel like there's smooth, sexy time jazz, and then there's like this was melancholy. Yeah, um, like it was just it just the animation style, like you said, the music. The dialogue, there wasn't actually a lot of dialogue. Not really. Everything that was um, said was said very intentional. Mm-hmm. It was, I think from an artistic standpoint, it was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I liked it. <laughs> what? But I, but, I, but I appreciated it. Okay. Like, like it's complicated. I, it's, <laughs> a better word is I didn't enjoy it. Like, okay. Does that make sense? It like, does. I, I think it was really good. And I don't... I, w- I watched it twice because there was so much in it, and I don't feel the need to watch it again. Okay. Like, I feel like I've seen it. I've, and, and maybe, maybe this, the part two of this, this section will change that. Were there any, so if this isn't something that has a lot of rewatch value for you, was there any moment that like stood out to you as like your favorite? Hmm. That's a good question. Honestly, honestly, nothing, nothing really sticks out for me as, as where the fight scene was actually pretty cool. I'll, yes. I'll give you that. Um, what about you? Um, it sounds silly, but other than the fight scene, it was the moment with Julius. Because mm. I thought it was so fascinating to see trans representation or queer representation in 1999, you know, the year mm-hmm. 2000. Also from the lens of the Japanese. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched a couple of anime where they've shown an approximation of a drag queen, but they always have such prominent beards. And for a moment when we saw Julius, I'm like, okay, a little bit of stubble. You got your makeup on, you got a fabulous wig. I'm really here for that. Maybe they actually spoke to a trans person um, Mm -hmm. or to a drag queen or to somebody who participates in this culture. And then we meet more of their friends and the dialogue, which was my favorite was like, no, honey, like that one's straight. Like we got to go find customers somewhere else. Delightful. (laughs) Um, And then the other two had beards. And it was just like, ah, <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe shoot. it's maybe they know their clientele. They're on Callisto where there are only men. So some of the men probably want men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that I, I really like kind of to echo what you're saying. I thought it was r- really interesting to see that. And, and actually, I felt like there was a lot of um, like small queer rep in comments. Uh, that yes. were made because um, it wasn't just in that scene where they talk about um, particularly um, men liking men and that being and that and it was done in a way that's like Disney Disney likes to be really like look we did it we did a representation <laughs> right mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and and this was not that yeah um, this was just like this is a part of this world that happens and that's that's fine when Gren met. Mm-hmm. Faye, yeah, it was quite clear um, when Gren, I don't know what Gren said, but basically it's just like, I'm not interested in what you're offering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is. And she was just like, all right, see you later. And, and that's, and, and that's, I feel like, 
actually, it, when I think about this episode, this is what I th- what I hope to hold on to. That's the kind of stuff that should be that should be normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It's kind of interesting watching this episode after like the news in the U.S. We're, so we're recording this um, the day after um, in Texas. Basically, the teachers and social workers and stuff were directed to out kids, specifically trans kids, but but regardless of their sexuality, mm-hmm. any kid under the LGBTQ umbrella um, to their parents, whether the kids want that or not, which is super dangerous. That's um, awful. It's yeah, no, it's gonna it's gonna create some really really big big dangerous situations for kids. Um, and so, I don't know, seeing that, this this show, being able to have, not doing it perfectly by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but having it normalized in multiple situations. Because there's the episode earlier where it's it's the two guys having sex. And yeah. Faye, again, Faye just walks in on him and is like, just like, I have stuff, to, I have questions for you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't care what you're doing, answer my goddamn question. <laughs> yeah. and And so... Knowing that there is the ability for art to to keep pushing that, um, I don't know. I don't even want to say pushing that to keep normalizing mm-hmm. that people's sexualities and identities are more complicated than guys and girls, and that's it. Like a lot of conservative thinking wants wants it to be treated right is like that's something that I, especially coming from my background, coming from um, and. B and I and Kelsey have talked about this. Kelsey and I come from this very evangelical conservative background. And so a lot of a lot of representation and stuff has we've learned a lot um over the last decade or so. Um I'm gonna stop talking now. Oh. <laughs> okay, I was very much here for it. Um I just want to tack on quickly, um, as an aside with this, what I really enjoyed, not just like having that represented, but it's how the characters respond to it, like Spike too. Did not give a heck who he was talking to. He's like, I just want to find information on Julia. Mm-hmm. You don't have it. I'm going to go somewhere else. You gave me the name Gren. I'm going to go find Gren. Simple as that. Um, however, then we kind of figure out how Faye responds to somebody. And like, we're not kind of clear on, I mean, I guess we are clear. Gren said it quite simple enough. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. a boy or a girl. And I, I am and I'm not. You know, I'm I'm both and yeah. I'm none. Which, which that feels like. The best way to say non-binary in the, yes. in, in the 90s, I guess. Right? Because we didn't really yeah. have that language. Nothing mm-hmm. that was normalized at the time. Um, and I just, like, I want to know more about Gren, but I also want Faye to respond in a way that's not... Because <sighs> we kind of got the traditional, like, <gasps> oh, clutch my pearls. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, how dare you have tits and a dick? I just, mm-hmm. like, I want to learn about Gren. Like, are you intersex? Like... Why are you yeah. so good at saxophone? Why are you so pretty? Uh, yeah. The basic questions you want to know about people. Yeah, know about know about them. Not like, not just focusing on what's between on who their a person is between. Yeah, because it doesn't really matter Mm-mm. at all, or what's or what's on their chest. It doesn't matter. We all have nipples. Good for us. <laughs> Like, <laughs> one day I'm gonna get mine removed for no reason yeah. other than I just want to be nippleless. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> amazing. just the nipples. Yep. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> then I could post them on Instagram because all they care about are nipples. If you have breast tissue, if you don't have breast tissue, 
post your nipples to your heart's content. The world. <laughs> so frustrating. Um, yeah. So yeah, this episode does deal with a lot of that. And I just, I really wanted to do it right. I wanted to keep doing it as right as possible. And I say right in the gray area because the series mm-hmm. tries a lot of things and it doesn't always hit the mark. But I, yeah. I appreciate the effort. I just wish they had some more like sensitivity consultation along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which that's why it's really important to have to know a diverse group of people. Don't mm-hmm. just stick to your people because people see the world differently. Otherwise, you end up as with the weird scenes that we got at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little too, exactly. little too stereotypical for my tastes. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't feel like I have much more to say about this episode. What about you, B? Um, let me try to think of any of the tropes that it hit on. I mean, like you said, it was very noir. Um, the way the scenes were cut apart when we got a little bit of each character, that was really done well. Um, no, I think, I just, I want, uh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a way to, to word vomit this. I made the mistake, and it wasn't a mistake, but I watched a couple of the episodes of the live action, um, Cowboy Bebop, and I've enjoyed them. They are campy as hell, and it was really <laughs> jarring in the beginning. I was like, I don't know... What? But like once you got over that, like it gives me um like fifth element kind of campy vibes where like everything's very serious, but oh my god, mm-hmm. it's just outrageous. Um yeah. it kind of spoiled for me what I think I know is gonna happen. Mm. Um and I probably should have already seen this. It's not really a spoiler when it's 20 years old, <laughs> but nonetheless, I I was hoping to have gotten into this as tabula rasa as possible because I often forget everything I see. But just the way that the live action movie handled so much of what I even saw in this episode, and I'm only three episodes in, it's fascinating to see what elements they took and did not include. Like, I don't, we have not seen Julia yet. What? Are we going to see her next episode? If I make a prediction, it's going to be we're going to see Julia, and it's not going to be in a good way. Like, she's going to be crying. Vicious is going to, like, step on her ankles or something. It's going to be rough. No, yeah, that's where where I would go with a prediction, too, is Julia is going to show up in some aspect, and it's going to, like, because we're only at the halfway point of the series, Mm -hmm. even though we're, like, what, this is, is like, kind of the the close of this session, this group of episodes. If this was, like, a season, Um, like, if we had two seasons, this would be the finale of season one. Yeah. Like, like she's gonna just crush Spike emotionally. Yeah. Um, that's I I can't I can't see it going any other way. So it's probably going to. But um, <laughs> yeah. How many space corgis we gonna give this? I don't know. I've been I've literally been trying to think about this the whole time because <laughs> I can't land on. It's not a five because I because I don't want to. I don't really want to go back and watch it. Hmm. I think thinking about some of the stuff we talked about, about it being so far ahead of its time as far as representation goes, like that, that's a plus for me. I don't know. I, I think I'm going to go like 3.5. Like, okay. I, I don't know. I think that feels right. Cause, cause like I said, I, I really appreciate it. I actually do think it was a really good episode. Mm hmm. And also, like, it does, it's not something that I, like, enjoyed experiencing, if that makes sense. That does, yes. <laughs> you don't feel great when the episode ends. Yeah, That's... yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the best way to summarize it. Um, I guess on the revert or the flip side of that a little bit, I kind of like it when I don't feel good at the end of an episode. Um, so this one gets a 4.5. 
Oh, wow. For me. 4.5 out of 5 because we had some badass combat. We, we had yeah, a super hot non-binary character. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have anything nice to say about Faye. Uh, <laughs> Faye was drinking a really disgusting drink that caught my attention. Um, you know what, though? Actually, I will give something to Faye because at the end of the day, she even talked about how she hates the boys, how she left them. Um, Edward, too. Uh, and then as soon as she sees that picture of Vicious, she's like, ah, shit, it's going down. I got to do what I can because, like, why does she care? She should not care. Mm-hmm. But deep down, that's she a, can't help it. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. So, you know what, Faye? You do get bonus part, bonus points yeah. in our hearts. <laughs> Yeah. You know what? I think after you you talking about it, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna add a half a corgi, but I'm gonna say four. Yeah. Because I do think I do think kind of the things you're saying, I 100 percent agree with, and and it really did bring a lot of character to all of these everybody and, and relational tension, and so mm-hmm. so I can, and I do like that. It was just it was just such a trip. It was so much <laughs> emotional turmoil. Again, I hate it when the brothers fight. Like I hate it when mm-hmm. Spike and Jet fight. I just want them to be to be friends and hug and make up. Um, mm-hmm. It makes mm-hmm. me sad when little Ayn gets crushed when Edward fell back on the dog. Yeah, uh, come on, Ed. <laughs> I can't say I haven't done that to my own dog, but still, <laughs> there was just a lot of moments in this episode that really spoke to the characters, their motivations, how they respond in situations, and how fucked up they are. Mm-hmm. Jet yeah. had nobody else to call. Yeah. He only had Spike. How yeah. sad is that? That is it is really sad. And I think I think along that what I will say about this, it was memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was it was impactful. Which that that in and of itself is is important for for this kind of media. Yeah. Um, and then my last commentary, specifically as to why that point five is not there, who the fuck is Lynn? <laughs> I feel like I'm supposed to care about this person, but I can't figure out who he is. And I'm really bothered by that. <laughs> May, we, we have part two of this of this to come, so maybe we'll find out more, or maybe he'll just disappear forever. He sounded so important. <laughs> I know. He really did. I really... Uh, that makes me kind of hope that he just never shows up again. <laughs> we never find out. We just know he was yeah. a crucial part of like Spike's formative yeah. uh, years with the Red Dragon. But no, yeah. Lynn was a nobody. I'm I'm also like, how old is Spike? He's supposed to be in like his twenties, right? Older than I thought, unless he was doing like shady stuff when he was like twelve or ten. I don't know. Yeah, because I'm I'm like trying to put together some like timelines, like. Was this like was Spike like an eight year old badass? Like I don't. <laughs> oh, stabbing I don't people and shooting others when he was eight, yeah. just for the crime no, syndicates. Like, no wonder he's so fucked up. Right. <laughs> Got a uh, lot of trauma and turmoil to sort out. Whew. Yep. Well, I think that about concludes it then. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, I have been your host and Sensei B Zelda. I am a podcaster, a streamer. I sometimes do sensitivity consultation. I've done some writing. I spend a lot of time in the D&D Adventures League community as their community manager. And I I want another profession. I am a <laughs> professional dog belly drum player. I can play mm. the drums in my dog's mm. belly pretty yep. darn good. Yeah, I believe it. I Thank believe you. maybe that's what that should be our new outro music. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'll record a snippet of me playing the drums yeah. on my dog's belly. 
<laughs> Perfect. Uh, and I'm Steven. Uh, you can find me on the internet at the underscore bad DM doing a lot of TTRPG stuff and D&D stuff and this and I don't know, hopefully trying to help people make the world a little bit better of a place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find Kelsey technically on the internet at Kelsey D. Garcia. If you if you get any sort of response from her. You have officially won the internet. Screenshot uh, it, <laughs> print it, put it mm-hmm. in a picture frame and put it on your wall because it is momentous. It is. It is. All right. Thank you, Wait. everybody, for listening. And I cannot wait for folks to tune in to our episode next week, which resolves the part two of all of this. You know, who is Lynn? Is Spike <laughs> alive? Did Faye get more clothing? And does Jet <laughs> ever drink something better? Anime attaché.